The fashion industry is responsible for an estimated 10% of the global carbon emissions, according to the European Parliament. That's more than international aviation and shipping combined. This same industry produces 20% of global wastewater. According to Oxfam, in the UK, an estimated of 2 tons of clothing are bought each minute. That's more than any other country in Europe. Each year, more and more seasons are showcasing fashion weeks around the world, not only pushing for more consumerism, but increasing unnecessary flying and carbon-intensive activities. The Sustainable Fashion Week was born as an alternative, aiming to educate and raise awareness around building more conscious fashion habits. In this episode, I talk to Amelia Twine, founder and director of the Sustainable Fashion Week, taking place in Bristol this September. We talked about how she got started in the fashion industry, how her relationship with nature shaped her worldview, and so much more. I'm Valentina Hernandez-Gomez, Climate and Sustainability Editor for Bristol 24-7, and this is Behind the Headlines. Okay, Amelia, thanks for your time. And for those who don't know you yet, could you introduce yourself, tell us about you and your life more? Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, first of all. Um, so I am, I'm the founder of Sustainable Fashion Week, and that's why we're chatting today. Um, and I sort of found my way here through um, a series of different sustainability jobs in different sectors. Um, but right from the outset, I, um, I grew up on an organic farm. So it's something that's been really important to me is sort of like living um, in harmony with nature and sort of within planetary boundaries. So I feel like everything I've done has been sort of focusing on that in different ways. Um, and Sustainable Fashion Week is the kind of perfect culmination of all the different things I've worked on in my life. And when you started thinking about the Sustainable Fashion Week, you immediately thought about Bristol or it was just a coincidence? A coincidence, yeah, because um, I, I was born here actually and lived here till I was 10 and then, uh, and then went to move and moved to a farm when I was 10 and then came back... Um, uh, I think, oh God, I think I was early 20s. So I've lived here for most of my life. I've been in Bristol. So it's like a complete coincidence that uh, that I founded Sustainable Fashion Week in Bristol. But it is the perfect place for it because it's so, uh, it's so sustainability-minded and it's like a hotbed of creative activity, I think, as well. So I'm glad that it's based here and not in London where it could have maybe a different feel. Yeah, of course. And mentioning sustainability and that you also had other sustainability jobs. What attracted you to fashion specifically? Um, it was initially, it was um, looking at the fashion supply chain. And um, I think we all, it's very easy to forget that everything we're wearing comes from the ground in some way or another, whether it's a synthetic fibre like polyester, which is the most widely used fibre, um, Synthetic fibres are made from oil, which still comes from the ground and is extracted from the earth. And of course, natural fibres are grown um, using using soil and the land. Um, so we're so connected to um, to the earth in every day when we get dressed. And looking at that supply chain and looking at the environmental harm and social harm that happens throughout is really what made me feel like um, the industry needed to really change. Um, but also it felt like as an industry it was so far behind others in terms of just taking action and being aware of um, of the harm it caused. I worked in food for a long time and 
in, especially in Bristol, I really felt like there was so much conversation around the food industry and um, food systems and how we needed to make those more sustainable. But there just didn't seem to be anywhere near as much conversation around fashion. And so that's why I thought actually maybe it's a good time to shift from food to fashion to sort of support any change that I could generate in that area. And how do you think the um, attitude of people towards the fashion week has been so far? It's been really positive, yeah. I think people, um, so the people who are interested already um, are just universal, like universally positive about it. And um, I get lovely emails all the time saying, oh, thanks for doing this, thanks for connecting me up with such and such, or thanks for um, like sharing platform or whatever, which is really, really lovely. But of course, what we want to do is get to people who aren't necessarily already interested. Um, so it's lovely to get um, uh, a real boost from the positivity of people who are, who already buy into uh, sort of sustainable living, but um, but we would just want to reach everybody. So that's the that's the challenge is to get positive responses from people who who might miss the posters, miss the leaflets, and sort of it might pass them by. Those are the people we really want to talk to as well. Yeah, of course. But in terms of what makes a uh, fashion week sustainable, because that that was one of my main doubts when okay. I'm listening about it. Like because I feel fashion weeks oftentimes are immersing the consumerism kind of side of fashion so what actually makes a fashion week sustainable yeah so that's a perfect question because um that's exactly why um i found a sustainable fashion week and why it's called specifically sustainable fashion week um i chose those words really carefully um and because like i really wanted it to be the the like natural counterpart to London Fashion Week, Paris Fashion Week and all the fashion weeks that we know and are familiar with. Um, what I've produced um, uh, is something that's the opposite broadly. Uh, it's not about aspiration, it's not about exclusivity, it's not about uh, new production and new trends but it's about the opposite. So it's about how we like broadly reconnect with our relationship with fashion um, and explore all the different entry points to that um, that people can um, get in touch with regardless of what budget they're working with so looking at repair looking at um repurposing textiles looking at rewear um we're not uh we're not looking at uh, a fashion we're not producing a fashion week which is about new clothing which is uh, made in a slightly different way which is more sustainable we're looking at completely overhauling our relationship with clothing and um at a collective community level supporting each other to um to change how we buy and engage with fashion so it's very it's very very different to normal fashion weeks and it's like the it's like the flip side of the same coin yeah and i think also one of the main critics that people make towards sustainable fashion is that sometimes it's very expensive like not exactly. actually expensive but more expensive uh, than the prices that you would find in any fast fashion brand yeah exactly and that's so just when I moved out of food and started moving into fashion I initially um started uh, an online store um like a retail platform for sustainable women's wear and and I loved doing that it was really good it was really fun but in in what I was selling the prices even though the prices are what fashion should cost if it's produced new and the supply chain is healthy so the the land hasn't been damaged in the process and people haven't been exploited in the process uh, the fashion I was selling was priced at the right price, but unfortunately we're so used to fashion costing almost nothing that, um, that it excluded quite a few people that that price tag that was on those on those pieces of clothing that I was selling. So that was why um, 
I felt uncomfortable around that. I felt there was a, there was a level of um, discomfort. So I decided to put that business on hold that's just dormant at the moment and explore sustainable fashion week, which is much more about uh, how we can become more sustainable in a way that isn't just about buying something new, because that's always the focus is like, you know, sustainable fashion, people think, oh, it's about organic cotton t-shirts. It's about, um, it's about new things that are produced differently, but actually consumption is such a huge problem that we need to refocus not on the just the production and tweaking the product but on actually yeah a complete overhaul in how we engage with clothing yeah of course and in that sense how does the sustainable fashion week host different things other than just runways yeah so actually this year we've got our first catwalk show which is really exciting um and i'll talk about that in, in a bit but um but broadly the format is split into two two halves um which uh so we do in bristol we've got the sustainable fashion week hub or the sfw hub as we call it um that's at the bristol beacon on the 17th and 18th of september and uh and there we put on um like a whole weekend of um sort of informative sessions and resourcing sessions so we want people to come find out more and then and then leave with feeling more resourced to make changes in their fashion habits um and this year that's we've got so much packed in there that it's it's actually genuinely quite hard to remember it all when I'm listing it off but um it can range from we've got talks and panel discussions and and then this year we've got skills workshops but we've also got um exhibitions there and augmented reality experience uh repairs film screenings so people can come to that and just get really immersed in what sustainable fashion is or what it looks like um there's a big market there as well um but then um, the counterpart to that part of the programme is our community events programme, which is across the country. Anybody can take part. And what we suggest to people is that they host an event in their area for their community, their peers, their network, um, and engage with people directly on the ground. That's where the grassroots action is. Um, and then we um, curate that programme and showcase it. So we kind of demonstrate what people are actually doing to change habits at a grassroots level which is really really positive um so that's like that's how we split our program and it's a lovely split because it's like it makes it not too top down we don't want to come in and be like this is what people should be doing and they shouldn't be buying here and they should be buying there but we offer loads of information and resource and then we encourage the community to take part and participate in a way which works for them their community their faith group their peers their colleagues however however they connect with people we invite them to do it in their own way and we'll showcase it for them and now that you mentioned the uh, skills workshop, yeah. does it focus on any actual like practical skills, like I don't know, clothes repair? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we've got um, uh, things like um, a basic introduction to sewing um, through the use of machines. So we like some of them to start right at the beginning. It's like if you're a total beginner. Um, and then yeah, loads of people. I think that's a really really positive one. Um, and then we've got loads of different. Um, sort of different takes on repair as well like we've got um a borrow repair workshop ja <coughs> excuse me um we've got a japanese borrow repair workshop which is uh it's kind of ancient technique for mending clothing which is really really beautiful um and upcycling workshops we've got introduction to repair for kids as well so that from an early age we can start getting kids like engaged with this really essential life skill which we see as like a technical skill, not a craft. Like we try to try to split those two things out. So sewing is not about being arty. It's about having a technical life skill, which is really, really valuable. Um, 
and we've also got really fun workshops like which are less focused on skills and more on joy like upcycling for carnival um with carol from, from st paul's carnival and um upcycling for drag as well um to make some earrings out of trash so it's like trying to yeah stay with the joy of fashion all the time for what we're doing that sounds great and have you ever considered doing more fashion weeks throughout the year because i'm thinking about how the normal fashion week like not sustainable they do like for every season and now they're inventing even more seasons so what's your take on that um i think they shouldn't be doing so many <laughs> i think having you know it always used to be spring summer autumn winter but that should be it you know it should be cooler clothes and warmer clothes and that that's it that's the end of the story um and um and i think there's kind of pre-spring summer pre-autumn winter and it just keeps extending and actually um yeah so there should be if if they're going to be any fashion weeks at all it should be two a year max um and i think for us we um we are looking at different we want to keep evolving so we want to keep doing different forms of kind of creative community engagement um and it can take any shape that uh it does to to be able to reach different audiences and chat to people in different ways that feels relevant and meaningful to them um so we've got a collaboration with bristol's m shed happening at the moment where we've got a garment that we co-created um with two designers which is on display at the m shed as part of their think global at bristol exhibition um and we've got chats with salisbury Music museum happening and the vna which is really really exciting um to support them on one of their events so we'll we'll just keep like looking at who we can collaborate with, what kind of organisations just need that little bit of support um, to engage with their um, their audiences. Um, but I think we'll probably keep it to one sustainable fashion week a year, um, and just keep changing it as well. So I think each year I'd like to change the format so it doesn't stay the same. Um, so we've got our first catwalk this year, which turns like the normal catwalk on its head. Um, which is like working with four different community partners. Um, and I think we'll probably do a few more of those um, throughout the year as well, or certainly at next year's Sustainable Fashion Week. So just keep evolving, I think, is the key. <laughs> and in terms of transformation, have you ever considered expanding it or do you want to keep it local? No, I'm desperate to expand. <laughs> yeah, we've already got plans of like, so for next year, um, so this is for anyone who's obviously not in Bristol, uh, this is a shout out. We're, what we want to do next year is create hubs in other major cities. So we've already had conversations with someone in Brighton, there's someone in Liverpool that I think would be quite keen in Manchester. But that, so, uh, yeah, we just want to keep, keep expanding. The more we can get bigger and noisier, the more people we can engage with and get on board. Um, and, um, but I mean, it's, it's hard because at the moment it's just me and my colleague Amber, who's part time. And we, so between us, we're such a tiny little volunteer team and we're already like so overworked, but trying to, so we try, we need to, what we need to do is just get a load of funding and then, um, so we can actually pay ourselves and build a team. And once we've got a team in place and we can just, yeah, we'll just keep spreading. I like the idea of it being like mycelium, which is, you know, the, the little tendrils that mushrooms put out under the soil, uh, uh that the fungi puts out, um, and you get this amazing kind of network under the soil, which is all speaking to each other. And then every now and again, you get a bit of fungi that's like popping up that you see above ground. But actually underneath, there's so much going on uh, and so much connection that that's in my mind. That's how I like to view it. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And lastly, do you have like any tips or recommendations for people who are trying to get into more sustainable fashion or like sustainable habits? Yeah, I think... <coughs> 
Um, yeah, I think so. I would, it's obviously like a little hierarchy of steps. Um, and I'd say to anybody to just start doing something, whatever it is, and to not beat themselves up, like to just have a, um, have a go at making a few little changes in their fashion habits. But I'd say if you've got a piece of clothing that is damaged to just, just try repairing it first, even if it doesn't look perfect, even if it only keeps it alive for another year or another six months, just try repairing what you've got. Um, cause the more we keep our clothing in use, for longer I mean that's the most sustainable thing you can possibly do in fashion is to keep your wardrobe alive for as long as possible um and then if you can't mend it and you need to buy something to replace it go secondhand um again there's I think there's enough clothing on the planet now I'm gonna we need to double check like fact check me on this dad but because I always forget numbers but um I think we've got enough clothing on the planet now to clothe the next it's either the next three generations or the next three. Yeah, I think that's right. Next three generations. It doesn't sound crazy at all. Yeah, it very it's, it's we've got that stat on our Instagram. Look on our Instagram because I'm quoting someone who um who spoke at one of our events. Um, but I always get the fear with them um, with quoting numbers. But it's I mean there is so much clothing in circulation already that we wouldn't need to produce anything new for many many years. Um, that's certainly true. Uh, so yeah, keep buy buy secondhand and then if people are going to buy new clothing um just buy sustainable wherever possible and even if that is with a fast fashion brand like h&m or zara who are doing more and more um conscious ranges and i'm using inverted commas for that um but even if you have to go to a fast fashion brand buy their sustainable ranges and then if you can possibly avoid it avoid those brands altogether and buy something from a very sustainable brand that's my tip yeah yeah i, I think one of the main like concerns about fast fashion brands is the greenwashing side of it. Yes, yeah. What's what's your take on that? Like, oh, it makes me furious because I mean it doesn't address what they're doing is not addressing the problem, which is they're producing way way too much clothing, and so much of it just ends up in landfill or getting exported to countries in the global south to end up in these massive clothing dumps. So the fact that they're going, ah, oh, we've made one coat which is made out of plastic bottles. <laughs> like, yay, slow clap. <laughs> it's not enough and it doesn't address the problem. And also things like plastic bottles, it's a little bit problematic because actually a plastic bottle can be recycled into a plastic bottle, I think, multiple times. Whereas as soon as you turn a plastic bottle into a fibre, there aren't the facilities then to recycle plastic fibres as easily. So um, there's lots of kind of murky... Um, information which I think really is used as a trick to get consumers to just buy more or feel okay to keep buying um, and of course what we really need to do as much as we can is just to stop buying you know unless we really really have to um, so yeah it makes me furious because I feel like it's just another way to not only exploit the land the people the environment but also the consumer I think the consumer is being exploited as much as any other actor in that supply chain but I also think that people might resort to fast fashion because I think it's convenient for them because mm. sometimes I feel like people don't have the information on where to find local brands. Yeah, exactly. I think, and that's the key, like for me, that's the key word for every um, kind of, every time we're told that as, as citizens, we need to change our behavior to solve the climate crisis. Um, I feel like that's the word which is really, really important and not to, not to overlook like the word convenience. And it's not, I don't think it's about laziness. I think people have really hard lives now and everything, everyone is so pushed, uh, whether it's financially, whether it's in terms of energy or time or just working too hard. 
I think convenience is something which is a real um it's a really big obstacle for everyone in making changes in favour of sustainability. And I actually don't know what the answer to that is because because I, I experience that myself. I find it really hard to conceive of the idea that I'm going to have to work harder to do the right thing. Um, and I think um, that's where like, hopefully Sustainable Fashion Week can help a bit, which is that if we can... I mean, we're such a tiny team, but if we could just keep growing and help people find easy, accessible access, um, which is, so I say accessible, because it's got to be, like you say, local and low cost, and it's got to fit in with their lives. But if they can find uh, ways of learning skills to repair or find great spots for buying secondhand clothing or just get resourced generally, maybe we can make it a little bit more convenient. And that, I think, would be a really core goal for us is to just make sustainable fashion more relevant, more accessible and a bit more convenient. Because I think it's hard. It's hard for all of us to get over our really challenging lives already <laughs> and work harder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And for people who want to attend the Sustainable Fashion Week or want to know more about it, where can they find information? Um, <laughs> our website is um sustainablefashionweek.uk um and there um yeah all the information's on there um and i hope it's um really clear because it's just me and amber doing it and we're no experts <laughs> so i hope it's really really clear. if it's not clear let us know because we'll need to change it um but all the information's on our website and um and uh linkedin and instagram are good platforms for us mostly instagram is where we put all of our live updates and most of our sort of kind of uh, current information and that Instagram is um, sustainable fashion week underscore UK thank you so much thank Julia. you that was climate and sustainability editor Valentina Hernandez Gomez chatting to Amelia Twine and events will be taking place across Bristol all week as part of the UK's first and only sustainable fashion week for more details you can head to their Instagram Twitter and Facebook Thank you so much for listening to episode 64 of the Bristol 24-7 Behind the Headlines podcast. If you've enjoyed it, do please consider becoming a member if you can. It costs £5 a month or £45 a year and not only gives you access to a host of great free perks, but it's also supporting local independent journalism in our amazing city.